Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. So we're going to be looking at, first, we're going to be looking at in the book of Genesis, chapter 8. You can go ahead and get ready if you have your Bible. Uh, me and Pastor have a little joke going. I, I call it the paper Bible. I still, I still like the paper Bible. That's what I call it. People forgot about the paper Bible. I mean, I'm not judging you. If you use your phone and you use tablets, uh, technology is wonderful. But I still like the paper Bible. Amen. So if you happen to bring one or however, but like I said, however we get the word, it's, it's going to still be the word. Amen. But we're going to be in Genesis chapter 8 to begin with. And uh, just, a, just a few moments before we read the word, just to set this up, maybe a little intro. This is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And I do want to, uh, I, I want to tell you, I have wrestled with with the message, and then I want to say that I'm thankful, and I've counted a privilege, and I do count it an honor to stand before you, you wonderful people today in this pulpit. I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, we have a pastor who who believes in the Word of God. He's strong. He, I mean, you know, y'all know our pastor don't he don't cut no corners with the Word, and uh, you know. So this is a big this is a big pulpit to fill uh, when to bring a word, and you know, I totally depending on God. But I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful to Him, uh, to Pastor Opie for trusting me with this, and um, I don't take it lightly. So I, I've been I've been praying over it, and I've been seeking the Lord. I have wrestled with about three different sermons, and. Um, and really, about six o'clock this morning, um, this is not this is not a favorite thing. If you if you're a speaker at all, or even especially if you're a preacher, this is not a <laughs> you don't like about this that morning for the Lord to. But the Lord's gonna do what He wants to do. But sometimes you say, "All right, Lord, I got to preach today. I got to preach here in about four hours." But that's okay. He started dealing with me at six. Yeah, share with me some things. So I, I believe we have an on-time word today from the Lord, uh, and I hope you're ready to receive. So day of Pentecost, and I have titled this. I normally don't really do titles, but I, I, I thought of a title. Lord gave me a title, and it's this: preparing a place for the dove. Preparing a place for the dove, and we know the dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost, in the Word of God. Amen? So let's begin just to get a build us, start building this thing here. In Genesis chapter 8, verses 6 through 12, it says uh, this right here. It says, And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated 
from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her into the, unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came into him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. Amen. So I want to start there. I want to talk about Noah. Y'all remember the story of Noah? He's, he's the Noah in the ark, and he's out there, and it has rained. There was a flood, and he, they've been in this flood. They've been on the ark. He sends out a raven, and he sends out a dove. Uh, just really quick, a raven, I have learned and looked up, a raven really don't care where it lands. A raven will just about land anywhere. A raven's just kind of, down and dirty, just a simple way to put it. It doesn't matter if it's dirty or unclean or nasty. A raven will go to that place. A raven will land there. That's why he let the raven out to the first. And the raven, you notice, the raven never came back from the first time. But now the dove, the dove is is different from the raven. The dove will not just land anywhere. The dove is looking for a specific and particular place to land. It's not going to just land any old place. It's going to land at a welcoming place that's fit to the dove. The dove is very particular. He's very picky. He's not, it's got to be the, the, the conditions, the, the atmosphere, the situation has got to be right for the dove to, to land and rest. So we see right here that the when the dove left, it came back because he Noah knew that there wasn't any, any place that the dove found. There wasn't a place. It came back. He sent it again. He found the leaf. But then that other time, he didn't come back. And it says in the word that he didn't find that the dove didn't find a place to rest its foot. So keeping that in mind just to help build this, remember that a dove, a dove will not just land anywhere. It's got to be a place that's been prepared that that dove will find fit to stay and be among. Amen. And now let's move right along into the book of Matthew. Looking at Matthew chapter 3, verses, we're going to look at verses 11 through 17. Matthew 3, verses 11 through 17. Very familiar. You're going to remember this story. It says, this is speaking of John the Baptist. Uh, he begins to speak here. Uh, verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you 
with the, somebody help me say it, the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let's just stop a minute and say right there, isn't Jesus wonderful? Amen. Isn't he wonderful? There's an old song that says he's a wonder in my soul. And Jesus is wonderful. John even let us know. He said, listen, because John was the forerunner, right? So he had a pretty important role. But he was out there proclaiming he was the forerunner. But he said, look, I'm baptizing you with water. But there's somebody coming who I'm not even worthy to untie their shoes. Okay? This is how great Jesus is. So I want you to understand that, that we all understand this morning that Jesus is Jesus is wonderful. Amen. He's worthy. Jesus is, he's above, he's, he's above everything. Amen. So John understood this. And he said, he said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Well, I can remember those old saints testifying in church. And they would testify, their beginning statement would be, I want to tell you that I'm saved. I thank God I'm saved. And I'm what? I'm sanctified and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. I can hear those old saints now in my, in my memory saying those kind of testimonies. And, and he said, this is what Jesus would do. Verse 12, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? So John's like, wait a minute. You want me to baptize you? Listen, no, I need, you need to baptize me. But Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. 16 says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo. The heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And a voice, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, we, we read in Genesis that we just took a little history lesson, a little, a little zoology lesson, so to speak, about how a raven will land anywhere, but a dove won't land anywhere. A dove's got to have the right place to land. And here we come to Matthew, and I want to I tell you this morning that when Jesus, the Son of God, got in that river and John baptized him in the water, and he come up, the dove found a place to rest. Amen? The dove found a place to, to land and to, to, to be a part of Jesus. Because here's what it is. Now we're looking at, we're not just talking about birds. We're talking about the dove being the symbol and representing the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
And it, Jesus is baptized in the Holy Ghost like a dove sat upon him. At that moment, I want you to understand and realize that Jesus was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And because you know Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, because you know what Jesus was getting ready to do, Jesus was getting ready to what? He was getting ready to begin his ministry on earth. And even Jesus needed the power of the Holy Ghost to be able to perform the ministry that he was supposed to do on the earth. Think about that. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not the brightest bulb, uh, you know, in the, in the world, okay? If you don't believe me, ask Aaron back there. She'll agree. I ain't the brightest bulb. But if Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, I believe I need the Holy Ghost. Amen. If Jesus needed it, I believe I need it. Amen. So here we go, preparing a place for the dove. So Jesus was at the point. It was at the prepared time. Everything lined up. This was, this, this was the appointed time for it to happen. He's baptized. He comes up from the water. He, this dove rests upon him. Amen. He finds the dove finds the right place to dwell. Amen. You're following me. Everybody follow me. Now, I'm not going to keep you long this morning. I'm only probably going to go about 90 minutes. I mean, is that okay? No, I won't. I won't. I won't do that. I won't do that. I'm not going to keep you long. So, the dove, everybody's following me, though. A dove won't land anywhere. It's got to be the right place. Now, the dove landed, rested. The, the King James says, alighted on Jesus. So he found the right place. And how many of you know Jesus is the right place? Amen. So he found him. Now we know he's filled with the Spirit because right after this, if you keep reading, I'm not going to read it, but if you keep reading, right after this, it says Jesus is led by the Spirit. Right after this happens, you go to verse 4, I mean chapter 4, and it says Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness for a time of preparation for his ministry. So just a sidebar here. That's one of the best, one of the good things about having the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. Because he'll lead you. Amen. I said he will lead you. I don't know if you noticed or not, but if you try to do it on your own, you'll mess it up. Amen. I'll mess it up. If I try to lead my own life, I'll get in trouble quick. I hate to tell you, but you will too. I love you, but I got to tell you the truth. If you try to lead your own life, you're going to get messed up. But having the Holy Ghost, he will what? Lead you. One of the things he'll lead you to, the Bible says that when the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all what? Some of my Bible readers. Into all truth. Do we need truth in this day and time, church? We got people spitting out lies and demonic evil stuff all around us. All you got to do is turn on the news one time. You, I mean, and I like WLNC, but you'll hear it on WLNC. That's local hometown radio. And I did switch to 95.1. But come on, the, the, it'll lead you wrong. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us. Amen.
he will lead you. So we find this, Jesus, the, the dove, the Holy Ghost, found a place to land. Jesus was led by the Spirit. We see him going there. So we've learned about the dove. Now we see that the Holy Spirit, symbolized by the dove, lands on Jesus, and Jesus receives this power, amen? Now, how do we know Jesus had this power, and why did he need, why did Jesus need this power? And we've already established that if he needed it, we sure do need it, amen? So let's look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Verses 37 and 38. Look what it says. It's just talking about Jesus. It says, That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with which John preached. Listen to 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. I said that a while ago. When the Holy Ghost comes, guess what comes with it? Power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. We, as a result of that dove finding the place in Jesus being the recipient of this, that spirit began to move in Jesus. And he, after he came out of the wilderness, you know, he was tempted of the devil, and the devil tried to get him to do all this stuff. And, and he kept, the devil said, do this and this. And Jesus kept saying, it is written. It is written. He, he, came, he combated the devil with the word of God. Amen. But after he came out of the 40 days of the wilderness, he begins his ministry, and look what the power of the Holy Spirit working in Jesus' life and in him, look what he did. It anointed him, he had the Holy Ghost in power, and went about doing good, healing all. It says he went about healing all who were oppressed. So I'm just here to remind you that don't underestimate what, you can do with the power of the Holy Spirit because you can do wonders not in yourself but in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So the dove found this place. It found, it found Jesus. It rested upon Jesus. Now I want to look at uh, the book of Luke. Book of Luke chapter 4. Luke 4. Verses 18 and 19. And this is also just, just proof, again, of the power, the, the Spirit's power working in Jesus. And, and if you will remember this, in this particular passage we're getting ready to read, in Luke chapter 4, uh, 18 and 19, this is when Jesus went to the synagogue and he opened up the book of Isaiah. And he preached this scripture which was referring to, to himself, and we all want to know it. But Luke 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, 
to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. So just again to remind you, Jesus, in order to fulfill this prophecy, to be this, to be able to say the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he had to be in the place to receive that, right? And when he came out of that water, he was in that place. He was ready to receive. And it was the appointed time, and the dove found that place to allow Jesus to be able to operate in this way. Amen? I need, just need everybody to, if, it, might, it might be uncomfortable for you, but can you do it for me? Just let out a big amen. Amen. It, it just helps me when I hear the participation of the saints of God sitting in the house. Amen? All right, so now we looked at this. We've looked at the dove. We looked at the dove as the Holy Spirit found rested upon Jesus, preparing a place for the dove. Now let's. Now we're talking about Pentecost Sunday, right? This is this is the Pentecost Sunday. Let's look at the, the scripture that we all know that associates with that. And it's going to be in Acts chapter two. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts 2, 1 through 4. This is the passage for Pentecost Sunday because this was the day of Pentecost. This is when the church was born. This is when the Spirit came and fell upon those people and the church was born. Amen. So this is the passage that, that commemorates the day of Pentecost, so one through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You know what? We're in one place right now, and I believe that we're in one accord because we believe in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. They were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, I want to tell you, I'm a little jealous. I wish I could have been sitting in that upper room that day when the Holy Ghost fell and hit that room. Can you imagine? But I got news for you. That Holy Ghost can still fall and hit a room today. Amen. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're hungering for. Amen. So it, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the day of Pentecost. This is the account of what happened at Pentecost, amen? What a powerful thing happened. But now let's back up a little. If you go back to, ver to chapter 1, and I won't take you to chapter 1, but do, I'll give you some homework. And I know some of you may know I do. Uh, I'm, I have the privilege to teach some on Wednesday nights on live stream. And we, have, we just came out of a series where we were in the book of Acts. And I asked the... Uh, challenge the folks to read the whole book of Acts but I still challenge you in here if you haven't lately read the whole book of Acts if you haven't lately but if you go back to chapter 1 Jesus told them 
he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Amen. He told them not to leave. He spoke to the people. He addressed them. He said, don't depart. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait till you receive the promise of the Father. And that's when he told them, and when you when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive what? Power to be my witnesses. Amen? That's what Jesus had already told them. And it wound up, and there was a group. There was a group, about 120, that, that purposed in their heart and decided and made up their mind that we're not going to leave this town. We're going to make our way to the upper room, and we're going to wait for this promise. Now, don't you believe that this 120, now, don't you believe they were hungry and they were thirsty for a move of God? Anybody believe they were hungry, thirsty? 120 of them. They were willing to go sit in a room and wait. And I don't believe they were just sitting there. I don't believe they were just sitting there waiting. I believe they were worshiping the Lord. I believe they were praising the Lord. I believe they might have been singing. They might have been praying. And they were waiting on the Holy Ghost. Because why? Because it had been promised. Amen? And then, boom, all of a sudden, now it says suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Like a what? A mighty rushing wind. What happened now? Those 120 prepared a place for the dove. Amen. The 120, they prepared a place for the dove. Now we see the dove, the Holy Ghost, falls from heaven, sent from the Father. Remember, Jesus said, I, I need to leave. It's the, the King James says it's expedient. Uh, the New King James says it's to your advantage that I leave. Jesus said, I, I need to leave because if I don't, I can't send the comforter to you. And Jesus promised to send him. And these 120 prepared a place for the dove. And on that day, the day of Pentecost, my goodness, I tell you, I don't know, but I, I'm just, I feel like I, don't, I, I, I need to shout or something here. I don't know about you. I feel like I could run a lap here. I don't know. Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I'd look funny or something, but I'm just telling you, they prepared a place for the dove. Do you understand that? If they, if they would not have listened to the promise, if they'd have disregarded it and not have believed the promise and went and stayed in that upper room, it, this would not have happened this way, I don't believe. But they were there. And they prepared a place for the dove, the 120, and the Holy Spirit showed up. Oh, my goodness. We just read it in these four verses. Did the Holy Ghost not show up? He showed up. He filled the place with the mighty rushing wind, the cloven tongues of fire sitting upon their heads. Oh, man, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, fast forward to us. Today, we can prepare a place for the dove. Amen. I'm going to say it again. We can prepare a place for the dove. And the dove is the Holy Ghost. Listen, there's nobody in this room scared of the Holy Ghost, are you? 
And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to make you do anything. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is real. I'm going to tell you the truth. Some people don't believe it, but it's real. It's biblical. Amen. And it's needed. It doesn't have anything to do with your salvation. Let's make that clear. But if you want to walk in power and authority, if you want to be able to live your life in power and authority over the devil, to be able to operate in the name of Jesus with the power of the Spirit, if you want that in your life, you ask him for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you let him, if he baptizes you, oh my, oh my. I'm just telling you, I don't tell folks how to do it. You don't, you don't have to. The Holy Ghost knows how to do his job. Amen. The Holy Ghost knows. But if the person is open to it to receive the gift and they'll yield to the Holy Ghost, he'll baptize you. Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the person has to want it. Amen. The person has to want that gift. So I just want to just reemphasize. Now, I've, I've, I hope I haven't bored you. I, if I did, don't tell me. You hurt my feelings. I want to tell you this right quick. Throw this in there. This is real spiritual. Keep Put a bookmark. Keep it in there. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Power of the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you this. It's been raining. I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but it rained yesterday a little bit. Well, there's this man that uh, hadn't been coming to church. How many of you know people start missing church and he hadn't been coming and the pastor, pastor got a little worried about him. The pastor won't check on him. The pastor goes to the man and he says, hey, I noticed you haven't been at church for a while. And he said, yeah, you know, he's kind of him hauling around. He's, he's not, he's kind of uncomfortable because the pastor's, you know, asking him about it. And he's like, yeah, I've been missing. I just, he was like, well, you know, you know, here lately it's, it's been raining a lot. You know, you know, you know how people, some people rain or keep them out of church. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not knocking anybody, all right? I don't judge anybody because people have reasons for what they do. I don't judge any of it. But sometimes rain will keep people away. The guy says, well, I've been, it's been raining, you know. I haven't been able to get out. And the preacher said, well, it's dry at the church. And the man said, that's another reason I haven't been going. So, but if we'll prepare a place for the dove, we won't have a dry church. Amen. You're talking about having a Holy Ghost time. If we as individuals and as a church will prepare a place, that starts with us at home, with our word, with our prayer, with our worship at home, with, with seeking God, seeking the Holy Spirit at home. And then we come in here as a body. If we're, we prepare a place here, we won't have a dry service. I promise you we won't have a dry service. We'll have a spirit-filled service. Amen. Now, let me, let me 
Now we've done the dove. Everybody okay, all right? Everybody followed that, right? We talked about the dove. It won't land anywhere, just any old where. But we did, we, done, we talked about Jesus, how he found a place to land on Jesus. Jesus was filled with the spirit, filled with his power. And he began to do his ministry. We read scriptures about how he, was, he, he operated in the power of the spirit in his earthly ministry. And then we forwarded to Acts chapter 2 where the, the spirit found a place to dwell with the 120. Amen. The 120 prepared a place for the dove, prepared a place for the Holy Ghost to fall. And then thus they began, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and the church was born. Amen. This ain't just some little old thing that happened. This is a momentous occasion. Amen. And we celebrate it and remember it all the way to now. Amen. Because the power is still real and still available to now. But I, I felt led to do this at the end. That I just wanted to reemphasize re and to show you a few things. Now, we're talking about baptisms. And first of all, I want to look at Romans chapter 6. And I'll be, hey, I'm about to close here in just a minute. I'm going to give you some hope. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, says this. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. How many of you are thankful for salvation? Amen. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Anybody glad you're saved in this place? Not on your way to hell no more. Your address has been changed. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I don't want to go to hell. Amen. I'm glad I'm, my name's in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. So this is referring, I want to talk about this baptism. This baptism is in, we sent, we just did this, we just, this just happened last week right over here. People as a, to symbolize their salvation. Amen. They're baptized in water. And it's a, and it's a symbolic thing that we are buried with Christ and the old person is buried, right? And that new person comes up just as Christ was resurrected. That new man, that new woman comes up and is symbolic and you walk in newness of life. That's, bab that's one baptism. We all need that baptism, amen? Now, baptism in that water doesn't save you, amen? But it's a symbol of what it's an outward symbol and a, and a sign of what has happened on the inside. Amen? So that's salvation. That's salvation. You're baptized. Uh, you're bab you get saved. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit again. You're, you're, you're tied this together. You're saved. When you get saved, you're like, you're, it's like you're baptized into the death of Christ. Amen? We just read those scriptures. Matthew 28, 19 uh, says, we all know this too, Matthew 28, 19 says, and go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 
Amen? Now I'll tie this together. I already spoke about it a little bit. But those folks who, who had water baptism last week, pastor baptized them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's water baptism. That's just a symbol, right, of what has happened with the baptism into Jesus' death and the raising into newness of life, salvation. Then we show that symbolically when we're baptized in water. But I just want to tell you and encourage you and remind you that there's another baptism, okay? Is everybody hear me? There's, water, there's salvation, there's bapti- baptism in water, which is a, is a symbol of that salvation. But there is another baptism, okay? And I got to preach it to you. The enemy didn't want me to say this this morning. But I got to tell you and I got to remind you, you can go another step, okay? And you can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen? Let me tell you something. Now, when we get saved, I'm going to teach you a little bit here. You probably know it. And if you do, act like I taught you something, okay? But when you get saved, the Spirit of God moves in. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit, amen? The Holy Spirit moves in. You have the indwelling Holy Spirit. But there is another experience known as the baptism of the Holy Ghost that is available to all of us. Amen. I believe it. I'm telling you it's the truth. I'm, I, the enemy didn't want me to preach it, but I'm going to preach it. I'm going to shame the devil. I'm going to shame him now because it's the word of God and it's true. Amen. So look at this. Look at this. Acts, this is my last scripture. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, now listen to this wording here. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost, what? Since ye believed. Okay. These folks were saved. Amen. Do we all agree looking at the word of God? We're looking at the word of God. These folks were saved. Amen. Everybody follow me. Because he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then they did the water baptism, amen? They did that. They had been saved and they were water baptized. But then look at the next verse. Because Paul had asked him, have they received the Holy Ghost since they believed? Look at verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, My goodness. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. 
So I want to tell you there's these different baptisms. You can get saved. There's water baptism. But look, don't let the enemy stop you there. Because, you know, you're saved. When that happens, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. You know, you're bought with the blood of Jesus. You're, you're saved. But you can experience the power of God if you go to the next baptism, if you go to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you, and I'll just tell you this right here, and I'm closing. Now, I'm telling you right now, they used to be a, they said there was a little boy that, that was in church with his mama and the preacher was preaching and he said, I'm getting ready to close in his sermon. And about 15 minutes later, this preacher was still preaching and he said, I'm getting ready to close. About 15 more minutes. He's still preaching. <laughs> Sound familiar. No, I'm just playing. Um, he's still preaching and he says, I'm getting ready to close. And, uh, He's still going. And then the little boy, the little boy nudges his mom and is looking up there, says, uh, Mom, how many, how many doors are in this sermon? So I'm going to give you some hope. But let me tell you, let's wrap this thing up. And we're getting ready to pray. We're going to do it in a unique way. But I'm going to tell you, you as a person, me as a person, us as a church, we can prepare a place for the dove. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm ready for us to every time we congregate, every time we assemble together, that we prepare a place for the dove. We prepare a place for the Holy Ghost. That every time we come up here, Chris and, uh, and Rick and Nelson, all of us, when we come up here and play these instruments, that we prepare a place for the dove. That when you singers get up here and sing, that you prepare a place for the dove and you you folks that work in the sound, working up there at the lights, uh, the folks working in children's church, that we prepare a place for the dove. And on Wednesday nights when we meet with the kids over in the kid building and we begin to sing the song with them and do the verse and we do the men's group Bible study and we do the women Bible study and we do the live stream, I pray that we prepare a place for the dove, for the Holy Ghost, amen. And, and, and the people in the church here that assemble, the brothers and the sisters that come when we're open here on Sunday mornings, all of us together in one place and in one accord that we prepare a place for the dove, amen. And when we do, when, he find, when that dove finds a place that is welcoming to him, he will come and sit there. Amen. Now, I feel this inside of me. I feel it so strong. I, I, ooh, I'm out of shape, but I would run. I could run. Hallelujah. Prepare a place. Prepare a place. Us as individuals, I'm going to tell you, and this is really it, and we're getting ready to pray. I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> I'm out of breath. Thank the Lord. But... Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Didn't John tell us that? Didn't John say, one's coming after me, I'll baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John said that. That's in the Word of God, by the way. 
It's in the Word. And so I don't want anybody to think, because everybody's there, everybody come up different, right? You know, everybody did, and I understand that. All I want to do is present to you and whoever's watching that you can have the experience of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And don't get caught up on the tongues, okay? Yes, the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, I believe the Holy Spirit uh, will give you, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, I believe he wants to give you a prayer language. That's what we know it as, and that's a lot to do with your personal life and your personal devotion and your personal time with God. He can operate on you in a prayer language. And, there's, and it's, it's not weird, and it's not um, uh, some kind of, ooh. It's, it's, it's genuine, and it's a real thing, and it's powerful. Amen. Praying in the Spirit. But it's really just about giving you the power to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. He's commissioned the church to go into the world and preach the gospel, make disciples. Amen. And we need the power of the Holy Ghost to do that. We need it. That's why he sent it to the church. And you know, when they used to pray, I was a little boy, and it's, and it's not like this. It doesn't have to be this somebody up in your face, spitting all over you, hollering in your ear. Because I know when I was growing up, I saw a lot of that. And again, I say I don't knock people, I don't judge people. But I know that I have seen people wanting to receive this baptism and they have some brothers and sisters praying with them in the altar and then they confuse the people to death because, you know, like they say, they're praying for somebody on this side saying, hold on. Somebody on this side saying, let go. So it can, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me tell you, the whole, I'm going to tell you my experience can I tell you my experience? Am I boring anybody? You don't think I'm crazy, do you? Okay, I hope you know me well enough to know I'm not crazy. I was a young fellow, teenager. I was sitting on the couch at my house, and I was living with my mom and daddy. My daddy was on the other end of the couch, asleep, with his mouth open, snoring. Okay? And I was on the other end, and there was a show on TV on a Christian network, and these gentlemen were praying, and they said, and they were talking about this. They were talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they said, if you want this gift, just believe God for it. Have faith. You got to have faith. Amen. They said, have faith and ask God to give you the gift. Now, this is what, they, this is what one of the gentlemen said. He said, look, you might sense some words in your spirit. You'll sense it. This is my experience. It said you, it may only be two or three, and it might be, it's unknown to you, but it, and it, don't, it might sound crazy, but trust, he said, trust the Lord that that's the Holy Ghost. Because one of the biggest things that I have, and I want to teach you this right quick, one of the biggest oppositions to, that will hinder someone from receiving this is yourself. And let me explain, because the first thing that the enemy's going to try to tell you is that's your flesh, right? But if you're asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and you sense that, if you'll yield to the Spirit and speak, I promise you, it's the Holy Spirit. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy saying, don't do that, that's you, that you're in your own flesh. I'm just, I'm just trying to help somebody out today. 
don't listen to that lie. Because it's the Holy Ghost that give you that. And no man can give you that. Amen? A man or woman can't tell you what to say. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance. But I was sitting there, and I felt like that. I, I, in my spirit, I was feeling the presence of the Lord. And I sensed these words in my spirit. And I was like, okay, Lord. So I spoke those things right there on that couch. And I want to tell you, that was my time when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because when I did that, when I, when I yielded to the Holy Spirit, it's not about the tongues, but when I, when I yielded to that and that happened, oh, my goodness, I felt like I had grabbed a hold of a, of a 240, what's the, what's the ones you plug the dryer into? I don't know. I felt like I had grabbed a hold of some kind of electric wire and it was running on through my body and I felt the power of God. And I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost sitting on the couch. And I want to tell you this. Don't get freaked out. Don't get, nobody's going to come to you and get in your face and all this. I'm just telling you, you can have the gift. Amen. You can have it. It's available to you. If you want it, and Jesus will baptize you in it, and if you and it's not some, you just ask him for it, and, it, and if you come down here and ask, it may not ha you may not speak in tongues, it may not happen today, but you might be, just feel the presence of God feel you, but somewhere later in your prayer closet, you just never know, uh, uh, some kind of different language might come out, but you believe God for it, nobody can tell you what to say, Amen. It's the Holy Ghost that gives the utterance. And it's, and it's between you and God. Amen. I just came today to tell you that it's real. My assignment today was to show you that it's real and that it's relevant and it's alive and good and well today. And if you want it, you can have it. Amen. That was my assignment. Amen. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand 
that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.